Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries, where we discuss various topics like pop culture, news, politics, and more. I am the host of this podcast, and my name is Shakira. Welcome back. If you are already a part of our Carefree family, if you get the notifications, if you've already subscribed, if you follow us on social media, and all of that good stuff, thank you so much for coming back and joining us this week. And also, if you're not a member of our Carefree family, you are welcome to join. We're a lively crew. So thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. Y'all know how this goes. We're going to hop into our Carefree updates. And later on in the show, we're going to hop into our topic of the day. Now, what kind of person would I be if today's the very first Carefree update today was not dedicated to Mr. Jordan Peele, a genius, a mastermind, all of the above? If you have not seen us, don't worry, I'm not going to give you any spoilers yet, not on this episode at least, but I went and saw us um, last week, so last Tuesday, nope, last Tuesday, yeah, maybe Thursday, last Thursday, I went and saw us because it was my spring break, and I also took off of my job, like my job job, last week, just because I needed a little me time, a little time to just breathe and recenter myself, so I went and saw it with my niece, and I'm going to save my opinions, maybe for next week, but please go and see it. Um, If you were one of the people that went and saw it the opening weekend, shout out to you. Shout out to us for getting in there early and not worrying about people spoiling it for us the next week or anything like that. But I'm bringing it up because it took the top box office spot because it had a $70.3 million debut for opening weekend. Now, Captain Marvel had held the number one spot in the box office for the past three weeks that it's been out, but it knocked Captain Marvel on town, sis. Yeah, knocked you down a few pegs, but that's okay. I went and saw Captain Marvel, too. So, yeah, I just think Jordan, what Jordan's doing in the entertainment industry is amazing. I think it's wonderful. I think it's courageous, and I think it's brilliant, and I love that he is putting black faces as his main characters, he's giving people a chance to shine, and I love it, and I love that it's not just people that we see in every single movie. I love that. Um, Yeah. Now, while we do know Jordan for um, Key and Peele, we know him for Get Out, we know him for Us Now, his Twilight debut premieres April 1st. Now, if you have not heard about that, his Twilight debut is just going to be kind of like a modern day spin on the Twilight Zone series that used to air years and years ago. Uh, I'm saying years and years, like it was like 50 years. I mean, but that show was pretty old. I'm, I'm not sure. It may be 50 years. I did not watch the original airing of the Twilight Zone. It just was not my style. I didn't understand it. But... He's back and he's putting his spin on it. And I did see some trailers for it and I thought it looked very interesting. I feel like he's going to tackle a lot of modern day issues and a lot of things like he does with his movies. Um, He puts his own little spin on it. So I'm here for it and I will be watching April 1st. So shout out to Jordan Peele for both of those carefree updates. And for our last carefree update, I want to share with you all. Miss Tarana Burke, who is the founder of the Me Too movement, I was very surprised, honestly, to find out that a lot of people aren't aware that the founder of Me Too, the whole movement that's going on right now, is founded by a black woman. So, yeah, if you didn't know, there's your golden nugget to take with you for today. But she is having a HBCU tour of four or five campuses. I'm going to read you a little bit of this, like, press clipping 
because if you attend the HBCU that she's going to be um stopping at over the course of her tour, you should stop by. I think it'll be a good look for you. So here's the clip. It says the anti-sexual violence advocate announced on Wednesday that she's spearheading a five-stop tour visiting historically black colleges and universities to discuss sexual violence on college campuses. Now, the first stop, her first stop is going to be April 2nd at Howard University in D.C. Her next stop is April 9th at Atlanta University Center. So I guess if you um attend Clark, if you attend Spelman, if you attend Morehouse, please go and attend that. April 12th, she's going to be at Alabama State University. April 18th, she's going to be at North Carolina Central University. And April 19th, to round it on now, she's going to be at Florida A&M University, my alma mater. You know, shout out to the Rattlers, but she's going to be closing off her tour there. So if you're at any of those universities or maybe the surrounding areas, I highly encourage you to go and attend. Um, I think it's it'll be a good look and you're going to learn a lot. And it's just going to be history being made there. So I highly encourage you to attend. And that is the end of our carefree updates. So let's have a small break and then we're going to hop into our topic. So I was watching Eon Fix My Life about two weeks ago. I don't know why, y'all, but this season is just like extremely emotional for me. I don't know if I'm just like in an emotional place in my life or what, but I often have to take breaks during the episode because I'm just like overcome with emotion listening to people's stories on there. But anyway, I was watching it about two weeks ago and the episode that was on was about a gospel singer who had won the Sunday's Best singing competition. Now, if you all can recall, Sunday's Best was kind of like the gospel version of American Idol. So they would like compete with gospel songs to get, I think, like a recording contract. I don't know. I can't really remember. It went off a few years ago, but she was one of the winners of that competition. And now she's struggling with alcohol. And in one of the sit downs that she had with Iyanla, you know, Iyanla does these like face-to-face kind of one-on-one talks with the people that she has on there. And Iyanla asked her, you know, what's bothering you so much that you have to use alcohol to get away from it? And eventually she said that her brother had passed and he was hit by a car about two years ago. And it was something that she never really healed from. So after that, she kind of said, you know, he wasn't supposed to be gone. And by that, she meant he's supposed to be alive right now. And in response to those things, Iyana said, you need to be present to your pain. And it was in that exact moment that I knew we would be talking about that here on the podcast. So here we are today is entitled Be Present to Your Pain. Now, as you all know by now, I like to share some things about myself when it comes to these personal topics we have, because I feel like it not only allows me to be transparent, but it also shows you that I've been many other places that I come and talk to you about. So when I share things with you, I want you to know it's coming from someone who's been there and back. And sometimes I'm still there and I will let you all know those things. And if I can help you in any way to know that if I can come out on the other side, so can you. It just makes all of this the more worthwhile for me. So here's my backstory. In high school, my family had our family reunion during the summer. Y'all know black family reunions. We always link up during the summer. So the Friday of the family reunion, a cousin of mine came to my aunt's house and my aunt was his mom. So 
at the house, it's me and three of my other cousins, and one of them was his son. But we were just all there lounging in front of the TV, not really doing much at all. But he came and he joked with us and he was older than us by like 20 years. So he was the cool big cousin. Whenever he came around, you know, he would slide us a few dollars, let us ride on the back of his truck while he drove us to the corner store. Like, you know, typical big cousin duties. He was very cool. But this one time on this one day, it just felt different. Like... His presence around us was different and not in a bad way, but it was just more pronounced, I guess I should say, than any other time before. So he left and the next day, that Saturday, my family does this reception to kind of like wind down the evening, you know, after all of the festivities, cookouts, breakout sessions and all of that. So at the reception, that cousin, the same cousin, he came over to the table that I was sitting at and I was asking him, you know, like, are you going to church in the morning with everyone else? And he just kind of laughed it off like, yeah, Kira, I'll see, I'll see. And I remember I just felt very pressed, like to say the least, like I was very pressed asking him this and I did not understand at that moment why. So I remember when it was time to leave, my dad was like rushing us to go. We need to go home. You know, we got church early in the morning. And I said, I want to say bye to such and such before I go. And I just really wanted to give him a hug before I left. But my dad was so persistent and I couldn't find my cousin on my way out of the door. So like if I couldn't see him on the way to the car, it just wasn't going to happen. So I just left. Sunday is the next day. He didn't show up for church. And I remember being so upset about it and not really understanding where the anger was coming from. Like, this is not new. <laughs> it wasn't new for him not to come to church. But for some reason on that Sunday, I was just very upset that he didn't show up. And Monday passes, you know, the family reunion is over on Sunday. Monday passes, Tuesday passes. And early Wednesday morning, before the sun rose, I don't even know what time in the morning it was, but my parents woke me up. And I found out maybe like an hour later because they didn't say anything when they woke me up. We just kind of like, they just said put on some clothes and we left, went to the hospital and we're sitting there and someone told me. But I found out that he passed in a car accident late that night, late Tuesday night or like early Wednesday morning he passed. So from that moment forward, I carry so much anger in my heart. I was angry at everyone and I was angry at everything. I was angry at my dad because if he hadn't rushed me the last day that I saw my cousin alive, I'd have been able to hug him for one last time. And I was angry at myself for not taking the time to just go and find him. I was angry at him for even being out driving at that time of night. And most importantly, I was angry at God. See, to me, my cousin wasn't supposed to die and not in the way that he did. Very similar to how Leandra feels about her brother. So for the life of me, I could not understand how God could take away someone like him at such a young age and while I had all of this anger inside, I just pushed it down and I fell into a depression of sorts. And I slept and I slept for hours and hours on end. I go to school, come home, sleep, wake up, go to school, come home, sleep. And on the weekends, it was just sleep. 
I barely ate. I barely left my room. I did not have an appetite. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to go anywhere. Didn't want to watch anything on TV. I just wanted to sleep. And I slept because it was only then that I didn't have to face the fact that he was gone. Sleep granted me solace. It granted me relief, comfort. And when I was awake, all I could feel was pain. So I just wanted to avoid that. So just as my escape was sleep, when I had that loss, the gospel singer's escape on Iyana was alcohol. Alcohol granted her the same relief that I felt while sleeping. But when Iyana said, be present to your pain, I felt that. And pain is one of those things that we cannot escape in this lifetime. We can't avoid it. We can't run from it. As long as we live, as long as we have blood rushing through our veins, as long as we're thinking, our heart is beating, we're going to grow attached to someone or something. And at some point, we're going to have some of those things stripped away from us. It may not even be the loss of a loved one for you. It may be the loss of a job. You may have gotten fired or you may have had to move. It may be the loss of a pet, the loss of a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend. It may be the loss of a friendship or a friend passing. Anything, losing things that you've grown and attachment to hurts, okay? But one thing we must learn to do, and it does take some time, is to be present to our pain, just like Iyana said. So being present to your pain requires a few things from you in order for you to start healing. So we're going to talk about those things. And first things first, you have to acknowledge that you are in fact hurting. I know you've heard the saying before, admit is the first step. This is the case here as well. You have to admit to yourself that something or someone has indeed hurt you. How can you heal? Okay, let's make it tangible. If, you, if you're burned, right? Something burns you physically. A pot, a pan, flat iron, curling iron, hot comb, I don't know. If something burns you, how can you heal it if you refuse to admit it's actually there? And the answer to that is you can't. You have to see it first. So knowing you're hurt and not burying it, below the surface is your key to open that door and start your process of healing. So when my cousin passed, I had not said out loud how hurt I was. I'm one of those people that when things hurt me, especially to the point and to the extent that that hurt me, I retreat inside of myself. Um, I'm working on it. I'm human, but I retreat inside of myself. I don't want to talk about it. I, you know, if anything, I just sit in my thoughts and that is not a healthy coping mechanism, but That is what I did at that moment. And it wasn't until maybe a year later that I said out loud that I was so upset by what happened. And I wish that I have been able to say goodbye to him. And I think I believe I told my mom and I told my mom, you know, like I was upset with my dad for months and months on end just because I I blamed him indirectly because the accident wasn't his fault. But I blamed him in a sense that I felt like if it weren't for him, I would have been able to hug my cousin one last time or speak to him one last time. But, you know, I said it out loud to my mom, finally. And you don't have to say it to anyone, but you can say it out loud to yourself. I'm hurting and this is what hurts me. And this is what is, you know, really impacting my life. So once you've acknowledged that, and it can be to yourself, like we said, then it's time for you to be present in it. 
And I saw this quote on Instagram the other day. I posted it on my Instagram story. And I was saying like, this is the beef that I have with some of these Instagram quotes, Pinterest quotes, all kind of internet quotes. And this quote in particular was like, you have 24 hours to cry about it. And then after that, get up, make a list and move on. I don't agree with that at all. Like, you can't put a time frame on pain and healing. We are humans, not bots. We cry, we get angry. We are emotional beings and we should treat ourselves as such. Being more gentle with myself was one of the most Ooh, one of the best decisions I made over the past few years because it forces me to view myself through someone else's eyes. And we have a tendency to be a lot more critical and a lot tougher on ourselves than we are of other people. So me being able to step outside of my body in a sense and kind of comfort myself how someone else will comfort me was a great decision. So once you've admitted that you indeed are hurting, be gentle with yourself. One thing I like to do is allow my thoughts to consume me from time to time, especially when I'm going through something. We have a tendency to compartmentalize, compartmentalize, try saying that three times, our emotions. So compartmentalization is a coping mechanism that pushes aside emotions and thoughts in a way that isn't always healthy. For some instances, It is helpful, but for most, especially when you're dealing with emotionally damaging things, it's not healthy. So when we compartmentalize, oftentimes it's to avoid facing that thing that is haunting us, aka not being present to our pain. Also, when we compartmentalize for too long, those emotions seep out into other aspects of our lives in a way that can be extremely detrimental. So when I was going through the loss of my cousin, I was angry at everyone. And I mean, I was downright mean. And that came from compartmentalizing so that I can just make it through the day without crying. And those emotions that I had suppressed for so long I projected those onto the people around me, people that weren't even deserving of that energy, that meanness, that just anger. But being present to your pain requires you to, one, acknowledge that it's there and then be in it, be present in it. And being in it, it's messy. There's a lot of layers, a lot of dirt and grime that you have to sift through before you start feeling better about things. After I cried and cried and just could not cry anymore, you know, my eyes red and puffy, huge and swollen, I had to kind of process those emotions. And one of the things I did was journal. I know I say this a lot, but journaling and writing is so therapeutic. And I don't mean typing things in your phone. I mean, getting physical pen, paper, and really just going to work. And writing out those thoughts, writing out how you're feeling in those moments, because it allows you to kind of give those words and feelings tangibility. And it's also like acknowledging, okay, you're here. I'm acknowledging you for being here. I accept you for being present in my life at this moment in time. But you're not going to be here forever. And sometimes when I go back and read old journals and old things that I've written, especially during times of hurt, 
or great loss, you know, it allows me to kind of see how far I've come from those days of being hurt and just like downright sad, depressed. It was rough. And in those moments when you're in those things, it's hard to kind of see the mountaintop for being down in the valley. But that's one of the things that you always have to remember, like, no matter how deep the valley is that you're in, there's always a mountain for you to get higher and to rise just above all of those things. And it's not in a way that you would ignore the things that have happened to you. I believe that every loss that I've had, not just the loss of family members, the loss of relationships, the loss of friendships, and I mean some ugly friendships, like, I I have some stories, y'all, but just the loss of those things have all molded me and shaped me into the person that I am today. And I know it's extremely cliche. We have heard it said over and over again, but that's because it's true. And I know that the same can be said for you um, when you're going through things, when you're coping with the loss of something, someone, anything. Don't run from it. If you don't take anything else from this podcast episode, it's to... I want you to leave with don't run from your pain. Um, We just we always want to get over something so quickly. We don't want to say that something is hurting us or something is bothering us. So we just choose to compartmentalize and just try to forge on with our lives. And it's not always healthy. And that's why there are so many people that are hurting today and so many people that are having issues today and they don't even recognize where those issues are coming from. They don't even recognize where anger is coming from. They can't even explain it. They don't even understand where depression is just like sweeping over them. And it seems that like it's happening at the most inopportune moments. But a lot of it is from not acknowledging past pains and past losses and just like burying them. And they, like I said, they seep out into other aspects of our lives when we least expect it. And sometimes we project that onto the people that we love the most. So be present in it. Don't run away from it. If you need to take mental health days away from work, do so. Like those jobs will be there. They will be there. And if they're not there, you can find another one. Trust me. But your mental health is something that is so precious and you just cannot, you can't play with that. It's not something to be played with. Take your mental health seriously. And if you need to see um, a therapist, do so. There are free therapy um, resources for you. Just Google them. And also, if you have health care, some health care plans will include a therapist. I just found out about that from one of my line sisters maybe last month, she told me. So if you need to see a therapist, do that as well, because the therapist can help you kind of dissect those emotions and thoughts that you're feeling in those moments in ways that sometimes journaling and venting to people will not, you know, help. Okay, so. Do those things, and like I said, if you don't take anything else from this, I just want you to be present in your pain, and don't bury it, acknowledge it for what it is, acknowledge that it's there, and know that eventually you will move forward. It may not be the next day, it may not be the next month, it may be the next year, who knows, but as long as you are acknowledging that it's there, and making your way to patch it up and just begin your road and your journey to healing. That's all I want you to do. And I pray that for you, 
I pray for y'all every day. Know that that if nobody else is praying for you, know that Shakira is praying for you each and every day. And I love you all so much. And I really hope this was helpful. I just wanted to kind of leave you all with that this week. Something to think about. And if you know somebody that's going through the loss of something, someone, anything, share this episode with them and let them know that you are there for them as well. I love you guys so much. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Carefree and Black Diaries and also on Twitter at Carefree B L K P O D. See you next week. Bye, guys.